Basket weaving is a 100% handmade product. Most of the baskets that you see, it really needs to be woven by hand and cannot be done effectively by machine. It's a skill that does not require a high education to weave a basket. Hi, this is Anita, the Global Trade Gal, where we talk about all things to do with global trade. Today, I want to talk about small-scale industries and why they matter. And in particular, I want to talk about the basket industry. But even though I'm talking about mainly the basket industry, this also is relevant for all kinds of industry. I myself run a small company. And I really feel like small companies have a place in today's economy. In fact, a very important place in today's economy. You know, a lot of people, when they start out a business, they thought, I want to be big. I want to be really super big. I want to you know, have hundreds of employees. And that's great. And there are many companies that do that. But at the same time, there's a lot of value in somebody who decides to just have a small-scale business. In fact, many times, a small-scale business can be easier And can also be, in some cases, less headaches, or maybe it's more headaches. It depends on what you're doing. It also has a very valuable part of the entire business process. Here in Hanoi, Vietnam, there's a lot of people that are doing basket weaving. And, you know, basket weaving is a very small scale industry. You can go throughout the world and you can find, you know, people that are weaving baskets. And many times it's usually women that are doing it in their home. When I go in there and I start thinking about why is basket weaving such an essential small-scale industry? You know, it's one of these small-scale industries that really matters. And there's a lot of reasons why it matters. And one of the main reasons why a lot of times basket weaving is such an important or a core um, business, especially for developing countries or for undeveloped countries, is that a lot of basket weaving is done by women. And in most cases, by women in their homes. When you go here to Vietnam and we're buying baskets, the weaving is actually done in the homes. And this allows the women to be able to take these baskets home, weave them at home. They can still take care of their children, take care of their farms, take care of their chickens, take care of their um, garden that they might have. And they can take care of the little small-scale farms, and at the same time, they can be able to earn extra income by weaving baskets. So it's able to help somebody who who really doesn't have any um, type of other skills, who can't go to an office and get a job, who's not going to be working in high-tech industry. You know, someone who maybe didn't even you know, pass you know the ninth grade, or, or maybe they left school at the age of nine or even younger. A basket weaving helps women to be able to earn extra income to support their families. And, you know, I think this is very essential and it's important. So so when a lot of times you're buying a hand-woven basket, you have already helped somebody or usually in most cases helped a woman. You know, all ages can learn to weave baskets. The other day I was at a basket weaving factory and my staff told me that they were having a class there to teach some women how to weave a basket. And I was really surprised. I looked around and there was women there of all ages. There were some older women and there were some younger women, and they were all sitting down learning how to weave a basket. One woman was teaching about five or six other women, and I thought this was actually quite amazing. I I was amazed to see that there were older women doing it that looked like they were grandmothers and some younger women who looked like they had maybe uh, were just married. And so it's, 
really shows that basket weaving is one of these skills that, you know, almost anyone can be able to learn at any age, that there's really no age bounds for it. Basket weaving is one of these industries that allows for a small scale business. In many cases, a large corporation or a large supplier may give the weavers the materials and supplies that they need. And the weavers, all they have to do is provide the labor and to weave the baskets in their homes. So this means that the weaver themselves doesn't need to invest in the materials. They, all they need to do is provide the labor. So it really is important, you know, in, in many parts of the world when the, this type of model is used, because it really allows these weavers to be able to weave these baskets and they don't need to take the money away from their family, their farms, from getting food on the table of their, of their families or from their children's education. And that really becomes an essential part of this type of model that I've seen being used a lot in Vietnam, where some of the bigger companies will provide the materials and then the weavers will weave it. That's why I feel like it's really an ideal type of model for a lot of small scale businesses. Basket weaving is a 100% handmade product. Most of the baskets that you see, it really needs to be woven by hand and it cannot be done effectively by machine. It's a skill that does not require a high education to weave a basket. You know, and because of this, this is a huge advantage, you know, in many parts of the world or many places around the world where people are, um, you know, they may not have the education that they need. So they are not able to do other highly skilled kinds of work. Or in many cases, in many of these weaving villages that I've seen, there really is no other industry. You know, they're, they're not able to travel to go work into a big factory because there isn't a factory there. Or if you're a wife and a mother and you have children at home and you need to, you know, go live in another city to be able to find work, then who's going to take care of your children? What's going to happen to your family? What's going to happen to your children? So this really is a kind of industry that can help to be able to help the women to be able to stay at home to support their families, to give extra income, and hopefully also to use the extra income so the children can remain in school. And this brings me to one of my next point, that one of the reasons why I love basket weaving so much or the weaving industry is because it's a small scale um, business that can also help to alleviate poverty. One of the most Root causes of poverty is a person lacks access to the markets and resources. In other words, they want to work, but they cannot work, or they don't have the skills or education to work. I really feel like this is an important point because many of times, you know, those of us that might have, you know, some money, we might say, well, you know, so-and-so is homeless or that person's homeless just because they... They, they're lazy. They don't want to work. Yeah, there might be some people like that. But generally speaking, most of the people that I have met out in the villages are really, really hard workers. They want to work. They want to put food on their tables. They want to be their children to be able to go to school. They want to be able to earn an income. You know, most of the people that I know that are poor or people I've seen are poor are not lazy. In fact, completely the opposite. I remember one day many years ago where a friend and I were way out in this part of Vietnam where very few foreigners go. 
And we stopped by the side of the road and we saw two women that were actually Thai, the minorities. And, you know, the women were dressed up in their traditional outfits and they were both kind of older. They looked kind of like grandmothers. And they were at the side of the road selling some uh, fruit for people to come along and to buy. And of course, this area didn't have many foreigners. And so we were probably like the only foreigners they got that day. And we went and bought some fruit from them. And I remember thinking about these women and thinking back about how they probably have never had a day off. They've spent their whole life working out in the fields, helping to provide for their family. They don't even know what a spa is. I mean, they've, they've never had it said like, I need to go to the spa today, or you know, I need a holiday, I need to go to the beach. They don't have that luxury. you know. And so most of the people I know that are poor are really hard workers. Those women were out there, I assume, every single day, except when they were in the fields or maybe helping take care of their families, that they were out there every single day trying to earn an income. They literally had worn out their life in service of others. You know, so just because somebody doesn't have work doesn't mean that they don't want to work. So basket weaving can help to provide these women and others these skills to be able to give them an opportunity to support themselves. The truth is, too, that many people who live out there in this countryside areas, they have very few choices about, you know, where they're living, you know, they don't have the luxury to say, you know, I don't really like it here. I'm going to go move to the, I'm going to go move to the big city. You know, I'm going to go stay in a hotel and get myself a job. That's not going to happen. They don't have that choice. They don't have that luxury. First of all, just the bus trip into the city would be extremely expensive and extremely costly. And second of all, where would they live? How would they eat? What would they do? What would their job be? You know, so that is one of the reasons why, you know, by giving these basket weavers a fair wage and allowing them to be able to weave the baskets in their home helps their families. And it can make a difference whether they financially survive or not. That's why basket weaving really matters as a small scale industry, because it can really be able to help many individuals otherwise would not have this extra income. You know, here in Vietnam, I wanted to talk a minute too a little bit about, you know, some of the type of materials that are used for basket weaving, because I find that this is actually quite interesting in that a lot of the weaving that's done here. In Vietnam, there's essentially a few materials which we've used that I've seen where people are using to weave baskets. You know, one is, of course, the water hyacinth. Actually, the water hyacinth is one of these interesting plants. It has to have water in order to grow. It's kind of these free-floating plants that you see that can grow on top of the water. In fact, a lot of times, this plant is considered a bit of a nuisance because if you've ever been on like a long-tail boat in, in some of the waterways of Thailand, which when I used to live in Thailand would frequently go to, these could get sometimes caught into the boats, um, engines and other systems. It can be a real problem for the boating, you know, because water hyacinth grows best with warm water and in warmer climates. It's usually a broad, thick, glowing leaf that, you know, can be as much as one meter to three feet above the water surface. And it can grow densely. So this is why a lot of times it's considered to be a nuisance for many people around the world because it's fast growing, it grows fast, and it can grow very dense, and it literally can just you know clog the waterways. 
So water hyacinth is one of those plants that's very interesting that um, it can be dried and it can be used to be woven in baskets. So so somebody has, you know, thought about this where you can take a plant that was once considered, you know, a huge nuisance and they can take the plant and dry it and it can now be woven into a basket. So, you know, that's one of the great things about water hyacinth and water hyacinth too can be dried. It can be, um, I've even seen it been painted on it. And it can be used to weave some beautiful baskets or not even baskets. I've seen it with rugs. I've seen it with placemats. We've, um, you know, used it for furniture. We use it for lamps and lighting and other things like that. So it really has a lot of great um, uses for it. And, you know, it can be, um, you know, woven in many, many different ways. The next type of material, which I've seen a lot here, is seagrass. And seagrass is you know, as the name implies, it is a grass that grows underwater and off the world's coastlines. You know, there are basically um, considered to be about 60 different seagrass species around the globe, and it's known to grow best in shallow and salty waters. It can be essential for the coral and the marine life. So when you're buying seagrass, you need to make sure that they're buying it or, or they're harvesting from the right places. They're not destroying the ocean. But actually here in Vietnam, seagrass has kind of grown a little bit more inland into the salty waters and it's it's harvested correctly. It can be taken and it can be dried again. It can be twisted to made into rope. It can be flat. It can be you know made into all different types of ways. And so you want to make sure that whatever seagrass you buy is harvested and cut precisely for this, and it doesn't impact the marine life um, and the areas where they're actually harvesting the seagrass. So most of the seagrass that I've seen, it it's really, you know, it's not. Most of the suppliers are actually very good about this because they also understand that they don't want to, you know, kill their supply because they want to be able to have it be something that they can continue to be able to get the supply for. So they properly harvest the seagrass so it can grow again and it will not damage the, the grass itself where they're harvesting the grass. So another material which is used is rattan. You know, rattan is a solid, it's like a vine-like material that grows naturally in the jungles. And normally it grows in the jungles in Asia, but also in other parts of the world. From a production standpoint, you know, rattan is a, quite an easy material to work with. In fact, more so than probably bamboo. But um, so it's also a material which is quite popular and used quite a bit in baskets and furniture and other things like that. So you know, rattan is kind of, it's a bit, it's a solid material, you know, it can be cut, it can be sliced, um, it can be painted. So rattan is one of those materials where you will see it being used a lot in different types of, of baskets and basket weaving. Um, but again, it's a vine. So, you know, it actually can have quite some long pieces. It needs to be cut down. Uh, within the jungle and then be processed and cut. If you go into a factory that's doing rattan, you can see a lot of times they, if they, you know, get the rattan raw, they might actually cut, cut it themselves or they'll buy it already cut into the different sizes that they need. And last, another material which is used, which is also very interesting material, is the bamboo. And bamboo and rattan, a lot of times get really confused by a lot of people that they will, you know, use the name intertwine interchangeably. You know, they'll say they will call, you know, bamboo as rattan and rattan as bamboo when actually they're two different materials. And and generally speaking, I have seen that somebody who weaves 
bamboo doesn't necessarily weave rattan and vice versa. So um, bamboo grows abundantly and especially in Asia. And, you know, bamboo can actually be very fast growing uh, material and it's considered to be extremely strong. When you go to Asia, a lot of times you might find that they use bamboo for scaffolding for some of the buildings that they're building there. And, you know, this can be fascinating. I've seen bamboo used for high-rise buildings because they consider it to be a much better material than steel or metal for the scaffolding. And it, you know, because it's got the strength to it, it's actually stronger um, than, than steel. So bamboo is extremely strong. But when they use bamboo for weaving baskets, they will slice the bamboo. And so it'll be in smaller strips so it can be bent and be more pliable, but it's not exactly as pliable as some of the other materials might be. But bamboo is used for weaving a lot of different baskets. It's, it can be, you know, a very light yet strong, um, you know, very good type of uh, material to use for weaving baskets. I just want to mention one that also sometimes can be a little bit confusing is what we call a faux rattan or something called plastic that a lot of times a lot of different baskets or other things will be used using a type of plastic. And this, of course, is not at all a natural material. It's essentially just a plastic that's being woven. So those are basically a lot of the main materials which are used for weaving baskets. And when I have gone into a lot of the uh, villages outside Hanoi here, I have found that generally speaking, uh, somebody, you know, may, maybe might just weave like, you know, seagrass and water hyacinth. They usually won't be doing uh, rattan and bamboo. I will go to a bamboo village that's doing only bamboo. They don't do seagrass or water hyacinth. Or I may go to a place where they're doing mainly only rattan. So even within their own weaving, a lot of times these are specialized because they can all be sort of different types of materials to work with. And there's different ways that the weavers need to be able to handle these materials and how they're using them to weave. I really love um, basket weaving and these small scale industries because I believe that it really shows that it's an industry that can be able to help many times those who need the help the most. And when the world, we talk about alleviating poverty, we talk about helping those that are less fortunate. Basket weaving is a great example of an industry that can help people to be able to get a skill and to be able to work hard and to be able to earn the income they need to be able to support their loved ones and their families. At the end of the day, that's really what everyone wants. They want to be able to have their families. They want to be able to support them. They usually, you know, want to see their children go to school and become educated. And they want to be able to ensure that they have enough food on the table for those that they love. Thank you so much for listening to the Global Trade Gal podcast. Feel free to check out our blog at mindoro.com. We'll put a link below in our profile. If you have any questions or have any need to be able to create, develop, or manufacture home decor or home furnishing products in Asia, please feel free to contact me, Anita, at sales at Again, thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate your support.